Hello and welcome back to the Church of Jesus Christ Study Session with Come Follow Me. I'm your host Matthew Roberts and this is Series 3, Episode 221 of this Daily Study Podcast. Thank you once again for joining us as we continue our study of this week's Come Follow Me materials. We're in August the 2nd to August the 8th, covering Doctrine and Covenants 85 to 87, and today we'll look at Doctrine and Covenants Section 86 itself in the text. Um, so yesterday we discussed how this revelation uh, was given as a um, f- analysis or a, a narrative about the parable of the wheat and the tares uh, in the book of Matthew in the New Testament. And it gives further meaning on this. And so as the Lord begins, he talks about the parable of the wheat and the tares. Um, and he says in verse two, behold, verily, I say, the field was the world and the apostles were the sowers of the seed. And as they had fallen asleep, the great persecutor of the church, the apostates, the whore, even Babylon that maketh all nations to drink of her cup, in whose hands the enemy, even Satan, sitteth to reign. Behold, he soweth the tares, wherefore the tares choke the wheat and drive the church into the wilderness. Um, so this idea that the... The influence of Satan, his distractions, his deceptions, they are the tares which choke the wheat. Uh, and it's a really uh, impressive metaphor, that really, this idea of tares which spring up from everywhere and choke the wheat. And the idea of choking, meaning that it tries to um, remove the life-giving nutrients uh, to the wheat is an important one because it's the same thing with, with, with the adversary. He tries to deprive us of life-giving nutrients and developments to our spiritual selves um, so that we don't become like our Heavenly Father. Uh, And that is what, you know, that's what sin basically is, is actions and choices which lead to a stifling of our spiritual growth. And that's why it's so important we avoid it. Not because it's a list of do's and don'ts, but because it stops our development. Um, and so in verse five, it says, Verily I say unto you, the angels are crying unto the Lord day and night, who are ready and waiting to be sent down to reap down the fields. And I guess the question is, why are these angels so desirous that they go down now and reap the field? Um, Neil A. Maxwell says this, quote, Years ago, I wondered over the scriptural imagery of angels waiting day and night for the great command to come down and reap the tares in a wicked and suffering world. It seems rather eager to me. Given such massive, needless, massive, needless human suffering, I don't wonder anymore. Even so, the final reaping will occur only when the Father determines that the world is fully ripe. Meanwhile, brothers and sisters, the challenge is surviving spiritually in a deteriorating wheat and tares world. Close quote. I mean, when it's put that way, it makes sense that these angels see the suffering, see the injustice that happens in the world today because the world can be unjust for many people um whether it's because people have done them wrong um and there is no consequence to that wrong that in the world or whether it's because they are living a good life that they are doing what they they are trying to do or what the lord wants them to do and yet they still suffer great um difficulties um the world can be a very unjust place in fact it can be infuriatingly unfair as elder dale g renland taught, taught in the last general conference and that's why the angels want to come down and end the suffering and end the uh, the the um the weeping uh, and the sadness that happens because of injustice 
so that the wheat and the tares world ends and that the Lord begins his millennial reign. Uh, but the time is not yet. Um, and actually in verse 6 it says, But the Lord saith unto them, Pluck not up the tares while the blade is yet tender, for verily your faith is weak, lest you destroy the wheat also. So these trials and sufferings, they can help strengthen and fortify our faith, uh, ready for the time when the Saviour comes. Um, and yeah, and I think that that gives us a bit more of an understanding of what the parable of the wheat and the tares is all about. Now, we probably, I probably say this, you probably understood that already, uh, but that is partly probably because of this section and our understanding of this uh, through the Joseph Smith translation uh, version in the New Testament as well. But then the Lord goes on to speak about priesthood, and it seems to be a bit of a, of a, a bit of a tangent here. But when you think about the parable of the weed and the tares, how it is about gathering the, the wheat and, and separating the tares, you start to understand what the link is. Uh, it says, Therefore, thus saith the Lord unto you, with whom the priesthood have continued through the lineage of your fathers, for ye are lawful heirs according to the flesh, and have been hid from the world from, with Christ in God. Um, so he's speaking to them as priesthood holders, or as people, the, a people with the priesthood active among them. Um, President Russell M. Nelson said this, Throughout the world, however, strident voices are engaged in divisive disputation and name-calling, often demeaning nicknames are added to or even substituted for given names. Unfortunately, terms of derision obscure the true identity of children of the covenant. In contrast, God employs names that unify and sanctify. When we embrace the gospel and are baptised, we are born again and take upon ourselves the sacred name of Jesus Christ. We are adopted as his sons and daughters and are known as brothers and sisters. He is the father of our new life. We become joint heirs to promises given by the Lord to Abraham, Isaac, Jacob and their posterity. Close quote. President Nelson here is reminding us that we as we are baptised, are brought into the Abrahamic covenant. And as such, we are um, entitled to and are heirs of the great blessings that were promised to Abraham and, and, and Sarah. Um, and that we have the opportunity uh, to receive these great blessings through the priesthood. And the priesthood is important because it is the authority to administer these life-saving ordinances. Uh, and also through the Melchizedek priesthood and the um, blessing through the temple, it is the way that we can gather Israel, not just here, but also on both sides of the veil. And this is something which obviously President Nelson has spoken about a lot recently, is about gathering Israel on both sides of the veil. Um, in verse 11 it says, Therefore, blessed are ye, if you continue in my goodness, a light unto the Gentiles, and through this priesthood, a saviour unto my people in Israel. The Lord have said it. Amen. It's spoken about here, is gathering Israel through the, the power and authority of the priesthood um, to gather Israel. And Theodore M. Burton, just to finish this um, study session, says this, quote, In this final verse, the Lord reminds us of two things. First, he reminds us of our responsibility to do missionary work here on the earth. Second, he informs us that we are not only to be messengers of salvation to the living, but saviours for our ancestors who went before us and who, though are now dead, have paved the way whereby we might receive our present blessings. It is through them we received our priesthood. The promise was made that even if they were born at a time and a place where they could not hear the gospel preached in life, God would provide saviours for them from among their descendants. We are those saviours God promised through whom they can have every priesthood blessing. 
close, close. This is not a new concept, this idea of gathering Israel from, from both sides of the veil. Um, it is something that's been taught for, for many years before, but the work is hastening. The, the focus is urgent, is becoming more urging. Uh, and our prophet, President Russell Nelson, has taught us today that the time is coming where this work needs to be as complete as it possibly can be uh, in time in readiness for the Saviour's second coming. Um, I remember a couple of general conferences ago that the number of times that the second coming or preparing for the second coming was mentioned was significantly noticeable. Um, and I, I noticed that and I was a bit scared by that. Now, of course, it's not happened yet, uh, but we, we do know that it, the time is coming close. And so let's today just think, how can we help gather some part of Israel today, whether that is through some missionary work or through some family history work or temple work, or whether it's within work within, or within our family. Anything we do to bring individuals close to the Saviour is gathering Israel, even with it, if it's within the walls of our own homes. And actually, that's often been taught as the most important work we have to do. So let's think today how we can take part in this great gathering of the wheat away from the tares. Thank you very much for listening today. I hope you've enjoyed the study. Please continue to follow the podcast on the Facebook group, Church of Jesus Christ Study Session with Come Follow Me. And you can email uh, session at gmail.com if you have anything to share from your study or any feedback. Thank you very much for your time. And until we meet again.